Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osier wrap up their discussion with Pastor Micah Germstead, the future president of the AFLC. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal, inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more, apply at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am once again Pastor Jason Goodham, and I have with me Pastor Adam Osier and... Pastor Micah Germstead. Welcome back, Micah. Thank you for joining us for a second part of this interview with you, uh, mostly because it would have been awkward if you didn't join us uh, for an interview with you. Uh, so we appreciate it either way. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I, I want to be able to promise, but I can't with any amount of confidence that Adam's not going to compare you to other unsavory unsavory tyrants and or dictators. I can't promise that from him either, um, but I will share a little story with you about someone else I've been compared to recently. Great. Okay. Uh, you know, you've got me on here. Uh, like you say, it would have been awkward if I would have said no. Um, but, but because of my new role that I'll be taking here this fall as president of our association, and uh, I got word last week that uh, another a leader in another, um, another Lutheran denomination uh, heard, about, heard about me uh, becoming president, and specifically as it related to my age. I'm 40 years old. I am uh, according to uh, one of our previous presidents, who is also the unofficial historian of the AFLC, uh, by nine years, the youngest AFLC president that has that has ever uh, been in office. And so anyway, this this other leader uh, heard about my youth and and made some comment to the effect of, boy, he's almost old enough to become an acolyte in our church. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Well, yeah, I, and it was it was said completely in in love, and I that's how I took it, um, according to how I heard it anyway. But I have full confidence that it was it was not a derogatory statement by any stretch of the word. What I don't I understand, it. everybody, I, I think you know we're we're very sensitive to things like you know racism, and we should be. You know, it's becoming more and more a thing we need to be sensitive to. Say another fun topic. Um, <laughs> where, where are you going? But with this? ageism. Nobody, nobody has anything to say about ageism. You got, you got Biden, who's too old to be president, as everybody is saying now. All over, that's ageism, right? And now you're being bullied on the young end. What is the sweet spot of age? I think that's the question that we're going to be asking ourselves over the next, you know, few years. So I, I think the answer to that question, honestly, is whatever age that I am right now. For whoever asked, it, right? It's it's the perfect age. It's the perfect age, and so you are you are the peak of everything that is. Yeah, well, actually, I'm 42. So according to Douglas Adams, I am currently the answer to every question. Okay. If you have ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, 42 is the answer to every question. I just I wow. just watched the movie, so I got yeah. I was going to say all I know is the movie. So well, we've uh, we've wasted enough time on that and haven't even talked baseball yet because Brett's not here. Uh, so where we want to jump in now, how's that for a segue? Wow, yeah. The band-aid right off. Uh, where we want to jump in now, Micah, I, you know, again, you haven't started yet officially. We we have a delay 
in the election from the installation and when you're moving down here. I'm assuming that's again taking place in October. Uh, yeah, uh, installation uh, Monday night, October 3rd. Um, is that a Monday? It's either the second or the uh, third. Oh, right before pastor's conference. Right before pastor's conference in our association. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, yeah, going to be a nice, uh, nice evening. Come out if you can that Monday night, 7 p.m. Schools of the AFLC on campus there. All right. Uh, official announcement. Yep. And by the Being Lutheran podcast. So to our credit now in five and a half, almost six years of existence, uh, Flame gave us the scoop on the baptism album. He made that announcement here. And now Micah gave us the scoop on the installation of the new president. Can't yeah. ask for much. That is high level journalism we're accomplishing. It's, Basically it's the same it. thing. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. It's, it's going to be a who's who of AFLC people. So be there. Great. So looking forward now, we don't, you know, there's no need to uh, make any commentaries on history of the past, but looking forward as you're stepping into the office of the president of the AFLC, give us your assessment of the state of the AFLC. We, we did a brief history lesson last episode about who we are and our unique polity and how we function. What does that mean for the 21st century? What does that mean for where we're at in 2022? desperately trying to come up for air out of a global pandemic that's lasted for a couple of years and uh, looking at the scope of not only who we are at the FLC, but where Lutherans are in general in America right now. That's a, that's as big of a question as I can possibly ask. Yeah. And I'm not going to address all of it right away anyway, but we can flesh, we, we can flesh it out as we go. Maybe um, I'll disagree with you a little bit in the sense that, you know, you say, let's not look back. Let's only look ahead. I would, I would argue that uh, we in many ways best look ahead by at least understanding our history too. And I don't think you'd disagree with me on that, no, but totally, I, I completely I, disagree with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that uh, for a couple of reasons, but, but one of them just very simply is, is that if you ask me the question, what is the state of the AFLC? I will say we are at a crossroads. And I, I say that with much fear and trembling, mostly because I don't really like that phrase. And I think that phrase implies a level of uh, fear or, um, or, or doomsday. What's that? Or dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction, yep. Or, or doomsday projection. Um, however you want to call that, I guess. And I, and I don't like that. Um, at the same time, I, I answer your question that way in part because everybody else is answering it that way. And, and I, I think I need to, and we need to be honest about people's perception, at least right or wrong. And, and then, and then the other thing too, is looking back at history, there is, there is a, uh, an extensive history within Lutheranism, uh, particularly in America, of uh, denominations, associations that tend to kind of peter out after 50 to 70 years. And, and, and that's where we're at. We celebrated our 60th anniversary this summer. And, 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 and I, I think, too, another reason to not see that necessarily as being a, any kind of a doomsday projection is because it's, there's a, I think a very simple explanation for it. It's 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 because of generations and and generations tend to you know the 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 zeal and the 
the the the fire, the ideas that that our grandparents had, um, you know, it, it gets transferred through the generations, and and because we are sinful and broken humans, um, uh, you know, we 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 are short sighted, we lose sight of things, and we get distracted in so many ways, and so and so this vision that people have, and and that the vision to start things, I guess, uh, it's it's just hard to translate it. Uh, or to continue it through several generations. And so uh, I think we're at a point in the history of the AFLC where we're now a couple generations removed from from our start, and it is upon us to um, to 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 teach and to preach a message that is relevant to people today and 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 that will that that will fill them with, with uh, steadfast hope, abounding joy, all of those, all of those kinds of things, and um, and and so uh, the question that I think is out there for us is, uh, what is what what is our message moving forward? And 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 mostly, I'm talking about uh, the gospel. There, um, I, I you know again, I don't mean it to sound trite, but but what where are we today? What how do we move forward? We we preach the gospel. We preach Jesus Christ crucified and risen for you, and and uh, and that message, that word, that truth, that action on the cross and in the tomb, the victory over the grave, that is what will breathe life into the AFLC in 2021 or 2022 and moving forward the rest of this century and on and on. Wow, it's almost August and you pulled the 2021. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I can't go, you can't go wrong there. Um, you know, with the, with the crowd, when you say crossroads in, in that language, you know, I mean, it's the, the plan words, obviously that, uh, Jason used some pretty cheesy plan words at different times before. So I'll Are use you it. Accusing me of making bad puns at, at, on occasion. Okay. Um, may, mainly though, you know, you think crossroads, uh, truthfully there are, there are, there are going to be new applications in society to which the same, you know, 2000 plus year old message, whatever has been, has been proclaimed is going to be the answer for. And uh, that's the heart. And, you know, it's fun. It's funny. Cause you think of change, you think of a new president, you think of change, you think of changing times, especially in our culture in the last several years between, you know, just the, the upheaval in society, uh, the political polarization, the pandemic, you've got all of these things, but at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're going to weather those things together, but the answer is the same. It's Christ and him crucified. Uh, I love to hear that. It's encouraging to hear that. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just give you in my mind, kind of a, a silly example of it. Um, just in, in terms of how things change and how my role uh, as president is going to be different than those before me, not that they did it wrong or that I'm going to do it right. Even it's just that that's not what it's about, but because 2022, I do know what year we're living in, uh, is different than 1962. Um, uh, I posed the question in a, in a direct message on Twitter a few weeks ago to a, a, a number of other AFLC people. Uh, what, does, what does the AFLC president do with a Twitter account? Uh, I'm going to be the first AFLC president <laughs> with a presence on Twitter. Trailblazer. What does that even look like? <laughs> I want you to be the Donald Trump of yeah. AFLC or of Lutheran presidents. Yes. I, do. I want you to use it early and often. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but to expand that, okay, you, the, 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 the gospel message um, comes to us through word and sacrament, and, and it breathes life into us. And, and God has, in his, in his grace, in his wisdom, has given us new channels to um, distribute that message. And, 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 and so how do we do that? appropriately? How do we do it effectively? And, and, and I think that those are the kinds of questions we need to, we, we, we need to wrestle with and address. And, um, and yeah, and I, I'm excited for that part of the job. I, I'm excited to see uh, how, uh, how I can utilize some of these 21st century tools that, that, that God has given us to, um, to share the good news of the gospel. And, uh, and, and, a lot of people see Twitter specifically as kind of a cesspool of of opinion and, and all that, well, and there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, the the internet in general, you know, it's it's a blessing and a curse, right? Um, how can we use it to further the message of the gospel? I want to I want to rewind just a bit to a word that you say because. It was said in such a different context than what we're used to hearing uh, that I, I really want to kind of expand on a little bit. You talked about relevance. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we're looking at preaching of the gospel to the world. What's interesting is that the church has been clamoring after relevance for 30, 40, 50 years now of American church history. It really became, you know, the, 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 the church of culture really started taking off late 60s, early 70s uh, with various movements of American church history. But when the church chases after relevance, they're almost always bending themselves to the will of the culture. Trying yeah. to be, you know, And we're almost always doing it 20 to 25 years behind when culture was doing it, right? right. So uh, in the mid-90s, every Christian rock band sounded like U2 from 1984 and, and, and stuff like that. When, when you talk about relevance, talk to me about how that relates to the timeless message of the gospel and the way we apply that both to the unchurched and to the people who have been churched uh in unhealthy ways in the American church? That's a big question too. I, it's what I specialize in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here comes a, a cliche statement. You know, the, the gospel is relevant always. And, and, and you, you said that you acknowledge that the, the question then is how do we apply that? And um, I think that, we have to be we have to be clear in understanding and explaining what we believe about so many different things um according to god's word okay so um <laughs> i'll just is it okay if i just if i just rifle off a couple of hot button or or commonly debated topics without delving into them can we do that please do because you have uh no chance of being as controversial as adam has been so far so i i 
referenced Donald Trump. I got in trouble for that in a sermon one time. I wasn't commenting either way. It's just that the man had yeah. Twitter and everybody talked about it. I don't have Twitter. I'm the youngest person on this on the Zoom call right now. I don't have Twitter, partly because I get too angry. It became yeah. like a mental health issue, probably a spiritual health issue then too, but yeah, I, I couldn't do it, but it's just, it's fun. I didn't mean to mention Donald Trump. So we yeah. won't talk about him or any other. I mentioned Biden too. I'm, yeah, he's old. You're, what? I'm in trouble. Uh, if you have you a space marked, you got a bingo with Kim Jong-un, the Pope, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden. Well done. <laughs> and I said racism. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, there's no yeah. hot button. There is right nothing, now, so. nothing so, you can say well, is a problem. Okay. So, you know, so the topic of women in leadership. Okay. Um, you know, that's, that is something that, that matters uh, to a lot of people. I would argue that it, on some level, it ought to matter to all of us, you know, and, and, and I think that it behooves us to, um, to be intentional about understanding and explaining what we believe about that. And, and, you know, just, I guess, again, you, you've mentioned in the past, you know, to be intentional, uh, within this podcast of recognizing that not everybody that listens to this understands or is, is familiar with the culture and the, the practices of, of our association, the AFLC. We are an association that does not ordain women. And, and I believe that that is uh, faithful to scripture. Um, uh, but I, I think it's tempting for us when people ask us about what we believe about the role of women in leadership to say, well, we don't ordain women. Um, but that's all we really know how to say. And, and, and I think that this culture today uh, is hungry for us to um, help them understand why that is and how that applies to other areas of ministry and leadership. And, um, and I'm not going to give you answers to that right now. Um, you can, you, you can uh, ask me back if you want <laughs> after a few months. <laughs> um, and, and, and maybe I'll try to try to put something together for you. But I, so does that make sense? Because th those are the kinds of things. And, and this is maybe not totally on on track with with the question that you asked. But 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 I think that is a very relevant issue. And um, and and I think when we when we when we look at how we can best engage. 2022 and the people that are living here, we have to be uh, sensitive to the issues that they care about. We have to approach them with humility. We have to approach them with, with truth according to God's word. And, and we have to give them um, uh, positive reasons. I don't want to just be all about what we're against. I, I want to be what we're for. There's and, a there's a buzz line from this podcast. Okay. Yeah. Well, stand for <laughs> something, not against something. Yeah. And yeah, does that answer your question? It does. I, you know, maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I hear a lot of is we need to speak these timeless truths into changing times. Sure. Yep. The, the way we talked about, you know, in, in one, one area, I disagree with you, you know, AFLC counts its starting point at 1962, but, but kind of like a franchise that changes locations. <clears throat> I think we should get the history of the Lutheran free church adopted in, you know, it's like, when the Minnesota Twins moved from Washington, D.C., uh, all of the Twins history goes back to the Washington Senators all the way back to the early 1900s. We should get to, to bring that history forward with us. Uh, that's my argument. But whatever the case might be, 
the way topics were discussed in 1910 and the way they were discussed in 1962 and the way they were discussed in 1995 and the way they were discussed in 2022 is different, even though the foundational biblical truths are the same. Right. Yeah. See, you're you're way better at this wordsmithing than I am. Well, you're just lucky I pulled my name out of the uh, running right away. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We all are. Yes. (laughs) We all are. Uh, I, yeah. So as you talk about, as you talk about some of, we we use the phrase hot button issues. Um, As you look forward to working with individuals, can you kind of describe a little bit about, um, maybe other church bodies that you've observed, maybe, um, you know, other leaders from other Lutheran denominations that you've talked to, uh, anything that you've gleaned from them that would fit within our unique polity, uh, our unique AFLC polity. Have you, have you had any of those conversations or had any, any, uh, connections from, from, uh, other believers outside of our association? Any contact with believers outside our association that would help they're working through these issues. Oh, sure. Um, you know, in this specific role, I guess I haven't had a lot of uh, contact because I am so early in it. Uh, I, it's something that I'm looking forward to. I've got an appointment um, coming up here in a couple of weeks to meet with the uh, newly reelected uh, president of the Church of the Lutheran Brethren. And I'm looking forward to that. And how can we how can we help each other uh, and encourage each other in the different, you know, in the different spheres that we that, that we have, this is again, is a little bit of a side point, but I think it's related to what you're talking about. There are, there are things that, that some groups do well. Um, and there are, there are things that other groups do better. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I think that there is a level of, of respect that we have for other uh, groups and associations and denominations and, and how can we help each other? What, what can we offer to each other uh, to help as we as we navigate through these things and 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 I you know I, I'm not uh, don't mean to imply or to suggest that that I'm going to come in with this agenda to merge all of these denominations and associations uh, that's that that's not at all what I'm I'm talking about but um, but we I I think it's arrogant for us to to believe that we do everything uh, perfectly and. And, uh, and so I would like to, when those discussions come, I, I'd like to approach them with a sense of humility and, and how can I listen? How can I, how can I learn and how can I grow and how can I bring that then into our particular group? You can also remind them as you talk to them that we have a Bible college. <laughs> yes. We're establishing students in the eternal and inerrant word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and service mm-hmm. of the kingdom. I feel um, like I've no. heard that somewhere. <laughs> I, as you mentioned, talking with especially the Church of Lutheran Brethren, and uh, you talk about their president, who I've also had conversations with it. Uh, going back now a couple of years, but before the pandemic, you know, we, we it's okay to partner, you know, and have our distinctions. We can have our distinctions and, and yet we can help each other. And I think that's a, that's a good answer. It's an encouraging answer. Uh, and, and also I think part of that centers around knowing who you are and biblically, why you believe what you believe concerning who you are and, and your, your place in, in ministry there. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned learning things from other denominations and, and learning, you know, what other groups are doing well and, and 
helping us to grow because of that. Let's flip the script on that a bit. Uh, in your estimation and in your opinion, what is it that the AFLC has to offer Lutheran, the Lutheran tradition and contemporary Lutherans right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that we uh, do a good job. Well, I'll say it this way. Um, I do think we do a good job with this, by the way, but, Can't say but that you're Norwegian. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> gotta, gotta be passive aggressive. I try as hard as I can not to be. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I appreciate uh, so much about the AFLC is, is that we are, uh, we are sensitive and intentional to embrace tension. And I believe that embracing tension theologically is a very Lutheran thing to do. And, and I, and I think that we, um, we, that's one thing that we do well. Uh, I, I think that there are specific uh, times certainly that come up where, where uh, we struggle with it. And I think that that's true, uh, not only denominationally, but congregationally and individually. Uh, it's, it, there's always this pull for us to, to take our eyes off of Christ. I, I use this as an analogy uh, in a sermon recently, uh, Luke um, chapter nine, I believe it was, you know, where, where Jesus uh, is, taught, is, is calling disciples. And, and one of them says, well, I'll follow you, but, but first, you know, let me go back and take care of some family affairs. And, and Jesus uses this parable, you know, of, of plowing and the need to keep your eyes looking forward um, uh, if you if you look off to the side one way or another, uh, the 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 plow line curves and bends, right? And 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 I believe that embracing tension, speaking very generically, is to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, and and to let some of these unanswerable questions um, remain so, and to actually find some comfort uh, in that reality. And uh, I'll I'll just you know, Jason, if I can ramble for just another minute. <laughs> um, yeah, so literally that's what you can <laughs> that's do. the definition of what we do. Okay, good. You know, you, you, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the start of the AFLC or the roots of the AFLC, not being 1962, but going all the way back to the turn of the century into the, into the, into the 20th century. And, and I agree with that. And, and, and one of the things that, that I, um, I find so fascinating about that time is, is that uh, Sverdrup, who's, Kind of the de facto uh, forerunner or or founder, I guess you could say, of this Lutheran Free Church movement in America, um, wrote a lot about some of the some of the concerns that he had in 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 different Lutheran denominations at that time, and and was was I, th I think very good about explaining um, we let some of these unanswered questions remain unanswered, and when we when we work so hard to answer them one way or another, uh, that's when we, we we get ourselves in trouble, and and so uh, I think the AFLC has has found a way, uh, partly through our polity, but 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 also in, in in embracing Lutheran theology too, of 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 embracing that tension and and uh, keeping our eyes on Jesus and and putting our trust in Him. And and I I think that that that's uh, a big a big distinctive that we have, 
And I think it's something that we have to offer uh, to the greater Lutheran church moving forward. Um, so hmm. that's a great answer. Uh, we, we want to respect your time and it'll be time to wrap it up, but uh, very shortly, but I want to bring you forward however long that you might be in the office of the president. And and we didn't prep you for this, but it popped into my head and, and uh, it's probably unfair, but uh, whenever your time is done, however many terms that looks like or however many years, uh, what might have happened that you would look back and consider your time in that office a success? What are things that you hope develop in your time? Do you want the specific uh, numerical projections that I have for congregations? Uh, and <laughs> Let's make this a church growth thing. All I can yeah. see, sorry, I have to interrupt. All I can see right now is when LeBron James went to Miami. I'm not seeing one, not two, not two, not six, not seven. Yep. I'm taking my talents to Miami. That's kind of what yep. this sounds Champion, like. So. Championships. That's what this is about. <laughs> how many, how many Lutheran championships? Would we have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I appreciate the snarkiness. Thank you for that. Yeah, we do what we can. <laughs> Especially if Brett's not here to make us. So I know <laughs> Brett is such a pure hearted person. He is such a good soul. And the fact that he, that the fact that he got COVID is proof that good things happen or bad things happen to good, good people. things happen to terrible people. <laughs> now, Adam and I, that's my proof. <laughs> I can prove that good things happen to bad people. I have a wonderful wife and family. So, but sorry, Micah. Yeah. Taking you know, your balance to Minneapolis for how many years now? What do you see as success? Yeah. <laughs> When I work with um, parents who struggle with um, children who um, have left the faith, um, however you want to say that, uh, there can oftentimes be a lot of guilt and and uh, shame, uh, regret, all of those things. One of the things that I encourage them with is is I I ask them you know did you did did you teach them to know and to love Jesus and um that's the that's the goal that's the desire of of every Christian parent right I you know we we want our children to know Jesus and 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 I come into a position like this and man it can be so easy to to try to come up with all of these metrics for what's going to make this go or not. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I, I want people to know and to love Jesus. And that looks very different in many ways. It's going to be more complicated than, than a, a family, a home type of setting. Um, but I, I, I think that when that is the overarching desire, um, that dictates and, and, and directs, uh, a lot of what I'm going to do as a, as a president too. My, my desire, my heart is for people to, to see Jesus. And, and I do that as I encourage, uh, pastors at the con, you know, at the local level. Um, I, I do that as I, as I, um, go out and, and promote the AFLC, uh, you know, we want to be a people who are going to share Christ, who are going to, uh, point one another to him. And, um, and if, and if I, by God's grace can, can do that for as many years as God has me here, then, then I will, uh, go to sleep that night, uh, thanking God for his mercy to me.
It's a good answer. It is. I can't even be snarky in response you to can't. that. You, know, it's, you can't. Uh, well, that, that about does it with our time. So thank you again, Pastor Micah Germstead. You are easily, uh, depending on what you want to let Wade Mobley think about himself, you are easily the highest ranking free Lutheran <laughs> official that's ever been on our podcast. And we appreciate your time. Uh, Adam, do you have anything else for Micah? I don't. I'm just thankful that uh, that God has called you to where you're at, and I'm thankful to see what uh, what He does with you in this ministry. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, thanks for the time, and uh, thank you for your ministry through this podcast too. It's a just a great tool that God is using, and I I praise God for that. Amen. Well, we'll see you guys next week. We will be back soon with our normally scheduled program. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and Pastor Adam continue their discussion on the Augsburg Confession. For the latest from the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota, visit flbc.edu. God bless you and have a great week.